Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Primetime on Football Friday, 1080 The Fan. Professional football in America is a special game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. This is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in. Football Friday. A lot of NFL talk in hour one. Some more NFL coming up here at uh, 5.30. Joey Harrington will join us for our weekly chat. 20 minutes or so we'll do in the news, hot five at five. And then, of course, Club 1080, full show for you here on a Friday. Switch gears a little bit. We'll move over to the world of uh, college football. No Oregon, no, UC, no UCLA this week, which is kind of a bummer. But I do like the fact that, that those guys both have a bye. I don't like when you're getting a potential game of the, the, the year in a conference like, when you look at the best teams right now in the Pac-12, I do feel like we've got a pretty good pecking order, one, two, and three. And you can decide, you know, where you want to put those. I think most people are going to have USC one, UCLA, Oregon. I kind of think, honestly, I think it might be UCLA and Oregon. I think the winner of this, I'm not, I don't know if I'm as sold as everyone else on USC. I think their offense has come back down to earth a little bit for me. I think that Oregon State game scared me a little bit. I don't think I've seen the development I know that offense is scary good from a talent standpoint, and I don't know if the defense can keep turning it over the way they have and you can still run the ball on them. I kind of think it's an Oregon-UCLA. I think this right here is a potential Pac-12 title game uh, preview, and I, I just like the fact that both of them have a bye. I hate when you're getting a game like this and one has to go on the road to play a team that's rested off a bye or vice versa. So if you're going to get this and there's going to be a buy involved, I, I like the fact that both of them are going to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a huge game. I I think USC in some ways is living on that razor's edge. Um, you can scheme up turnovers with, you know, blitzing heavily. And so you create these big swings and plus or minus plays. You force, especially at the lower levels, where you force, you know, college versus, or high school versus the pros, where if you're really blitz heavy or you know, you scheme certain things up. It's kind of an all or nothing th- thing. So you say, we'll give up a ton of yards, but we think if you run 50 plays a game against us, trying to keep up with our offense, we're going to get two, three turnovers. So you can scheme that up a little bit, but you're still living on a razor's edge because if you're giving up a ton of yards and you're like, we're the team that turns you over in the red zone. Good luck with that against Georgia. Good luck with that against Alabama. I think USC has their flaws. 
But it just any time a team in college football has maybe a top five quarterback in the in all of the country, and then in inarguably the number one receiver in all the country, especially in the Pac-12, which is limited in terms of high end talent. I always think you're probably the favorite. I do. I I, I get that, but at the same time, I'm a little. Caleb Williams. Oh, we're about to fight. Well, look, Caleb Williams to me is a very intriguing guy because I think the high for Caleb Williams is ridiculously high. When he looks on, he looks incredible. But you look at that Oregon State game. Did you see the Washington State game? I think he was he completed about fifty percent of his balls. And and Washington State's good. That's the other thing I like about the Pac-12 this year. I don't think there's a lot of easy outs. I think even some of the bad teams can give you some problems. Like, Arizona's not good, but Arizona will sling the ball around on you. You've got two elite receivers and have some scary pieces. Yep. Oregon State is, I think, a quarterback away, but Oregon State can give some people some fits. Washington State can give some people some fits. Washington can score a bunch of points. They can't stop a nosebleed, but I think there's some depth here. But when I watch Caleb Williams, especially against lesser competition, he he just murders them. There's been some blips on the radar, and so let's go back and look at last year at Oklahoma, and it was the same thing, right? Like, he, he isn't the starter because he's a freshman. He, he comes in for Spencer Rattler, and it's like, oh, my God, Caleb Williams is a world beater. There were a couple games where they went back to Spencer Rattler because he goes through these weird lulls. And I think Caleb Williams eventually, remember, he's got another year in college. He can't go pro this year. Caleb Williams with some more seasoning, I think, has a chance to be the number one pick in next year's draft. But I do think this year with USC, if you get a, a, a game where they're not getting turnovers and Williams is, is struggling a little bit, go back to Oregon State. If, if Nolan just doesn't throw picks, Oregon State beats them and maybe beats them going away. So that's kind of my thing. Well, I'm not certain that I trust. If you ask me my trust factor, because I don't know who's one, two, and three. If you ask me my trust factor, though, who I trust right now, Oregon, UCLA, USC. I think I trust Oregon and UCLA more than I do USC because I think the way DTR are playing right now and Bo Nix, and that's weird because Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than them, and he's a better prospect. I think I trust Bo Nix and DTR in the way they're playing consistently versus maybe some of the the, the super highs but the lows of when Caleb Williams goes through these weird stretches. And can we just put a put a pin in that real quick, yeah. that thought? Yeah. Just, just hang on to that thought. Oregon got absolutely embarrassed, yes. thrashed, pathetically annihilated week one. And no, it was and, ugly. And it, it was terrible. The fact that we're no, we're less than two months away from that game mm-hmm. and we're saying of the Pac-12 teams, I'm the most confident in first year coach Dan Landing and what he's done. I just think that deserves a round of applause. Like, great job. I mean, yeah. seriously, yeah. from a coaching standpoint, you're a first-time head coach. You yeah. play your former program, a program that's coming off a national title, and you get embarrassed. Yeah. You can lose your kids. I've yeah. seen coaches lose their kids. <laughs> you have a first-time offensive coordinator yeah. who's never called a game before where he was solely the identity of the offense. And the fact that Oregon has bounced back from in a matter of weeks – to the point that you go, Lincoln Riley, USC, yeah, they're great. You know who I have more faith in on a consistent week-to-week basis? Is that Oregon program. <laughs> that really, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying we don't give that enough credit to say, nope. man, Dan Lanning has done a phenomenal job. And if we're talking about coach of the year, that discussion resides exclusively in the state of Oregon. That's a Coach Smith, 
or Coach Lanning Award this year, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I know, I know USC has turned things around, but like you said, they have so many weapons, they have so much talent, and I don't necessarily trust them. Chip Kelly has done a good job, but we've seen this trajectory over the last three or four years. This yes. is his special group. Yes. This is the group. But if you look at, like, who's kind of surprised? With what Dan Lanning started with, the fact that he's done what he's done, and what Coach Smith has done against USC at home and battling in that game with really no semblance of a quarterback – those are the two best coaches in the Pac-12 right now if you're giving out the Coach of the Year award. And I think that deserves more attention because we don't talk about this Oregon team enough as being like, they could be rudderless. There are so many programs that hired coaches that were experienced coaches mm-hmm. that are this far into their seasons going, oh my God, we hired the wrong guy. The Denver Broncos hired a guy who doesn't even know how to call an offense. Well, and that happened at the NFL level. The fact that Oregon got seemingly got this right at least enough to say a month and a half into the year after getting embarrassed in week one. You know what? I trust Dan Lanning and what he brings to his program week in, week out on Saturdays. That's pretty damn commendable. Well, think about it, right? And, and I know we're up against it, and we'll talk more about this on the Sorry, side. I'm not going. No, but, but think about this. I'll, I'll leave you with this, right? You mentioned that, that just an abomination against Georgia. And, and Georgia hasn't looked great since then, but, you know, we know Georgia's really good and they just laid one on you, right? Outside of that, Oregon has looked really, really damn good, right? They had the, the, the test at Washington State, but I think we can all admit going to Pullman right now is a tough test. Oregon has looked really good. Bo Nix has looked really good. You take that out and you replace it with, I don't know, uh, you re- replace it with San Diego State. Replace it with Colorado State. Oregon wins that game 45-12, week one. And now we look at the rest of Oregon's schedule, right? They're undefeated. UCLA started out with Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. USC started out with, uh, who was it? Was it Rice and Fresno State? And then they played Stanford. Because remember, their other non-conference will be Notre Dame at the end of the year. So I asked the question, if Oregon had played a UCLA USC type schedule and they don't have that Georgia game on their resume. How are we viewing them? I think, I think differently in not the way you think this group believed they had arrived. Cause that's all Mario Cristobal preached. You guys are elite recruits. We're going to go in, we're going to be vanilla and we're going to kick the crap out of everybody. Cause we're better. I think the fact that they got slapped week one humbled them. And Dan Lanning's whole thing coming from that Kirby, Kirby smart, Uh, Nick Saban tree is attention to detail, assignment football, do your job. And this was a team that wasn't about all that. They were about, let's go out and kick the crap out of everybody because we're just bigger, badder, stronger. And Landing said, guys, you're not. And they spent the whole offseason thinking they were. And then they got smacked week one. And Dan Landing can go, see, guys, I told you, you're not as bad as you think that maybe you are. In, maybe There's another bad boy down the block. Yep. we got to start playing assignment football. we got to start playing smarter football. We've got to play fundamental football. And the team clearly has bought in. And that's where that progression comes from. I think if they play Georgia close, they are a worse team today than the fact they got blasted. And as someone points out, UCLA beat South Alabama by one. And we're celebrating and doing backflips after yeah, that I'm game. I'm not sold on UCLA the same way everybody is. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back. More primetime right here, 10 to the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. You can text the program 503-250-1080. Someone wants a little dicker talk in there, and absolutely. It's fair. It's, it's fair. fair. When when we're talking about coaches and, and the jobs that they've done, the Pac-12 right now, I think this is the best the Pac-12 has been in a number of years. And you know you got Lincoln Riley. You got a hammer coach. It appears right now that Oregon, I think if you're Oregon, and, but we said this about Cristobal, it's so early in the Dan Lanning era. But right now, I think you feel really good about where you're going with with Dan Lanning. I think Chip Kelly has got things obviously pointing in the right direction at UCLA. I think there's no doubt that Oregon State has the right guy in, uh, in in Coach Smith. I think he's done a phenomenal job. I think with DeBoer at Washington, at, you know they're going to score points. Eventually, you would think that their defense is going to come around. That defense is so bad, but people don't people don't realize they don't have. A secondary. And when I say they don't have a secondary, I got a good friend of mine who has eaten lunch with today who is a hardcore, and I mean hardcore, Husky fan. Like, message board tells you every single player on the roster, one of those. He said he was watching the game against Arizona State, and he heard, or he wasn't watching, he was he was listening. And he said uh, he heard uh, a guy make a tackle, and he's like, who the hell is that? Oh. It was like one of their safeties, and he was like, "What? what is happening? Their musical chairs, DVDs. So, yeah, he had to look it up, and then he said when he got home and he was able to turn on the game, he saw a guy make a tackle, and it was a guy that didn't even have a name across the back of his jersey. And he's like, oh, I, boy. They, they've got guys playing in their secondary that are literally like walk-ons that didn't have time to stitch the name on the back of their jersey. That's how bad it is in their secondary. I think they're going to be okay with DeBoer. But then you look up at what Washington State did with 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 Coach Dickert, who I at the time I thought was kind of a questionable hire. 
I hate the interim guy that wins the hearts and minds of the 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 players. Uh, that one always scares me to death. I've always said that if if he's not going to be on your search list, even on the list, if he wasn't already there, uh, maybe think twice about handing him the job. But you look at what he's done in a short period of time, holding that thing together after Rolovich left with the whole uh, vaccine thing. And this year, the way they're playing, again, with spotty quarterback play, I absolutely think Dickert has done a phenomenal job with Washington State. They easily could have beat Oregon. Some say they should have beat Oregon. And they took USC toe-to-toe for a while. It's just that, you know, their offense just, they ran out of gas. And that's one of those where you just don't have the athletes. I mean, you look at what what Smith and what Dickert are doing, and, and you could say that they're maybe doing more with less than anyone else in the conference because those aren't rosters that are loaded with people like Washington or Oregon or UCLA and certainly USC, and yet, coach and yet they're competitive. Yeah, and then, of course, like, like Winningham down at Utah. Yeah. And they got a chance. If they beat USC this week, then, then they're right back in it. I mean, we all think this is a three-team race, but Utah could throw a big old monkey wrench into that by knocking off USC. And would anyone be surprised if Lincoln Riley and company go into Utah and get knocked off by the Utes this week? And we talk about in boxing, styles make fights. Yes. How about Utah and USC? Yeah. When we talk about styles makes fights, that's going to be fascinating you, you to can see you can, how that you can, shakes out. You should be able to run the ball on USC because everyone runs the ball on USC. Right. And Utah has some of the best defensive backs in the country, should be able to slow down USC's pack, passing attack, which is what Oregon State did. People forget Oregon State's got some NFL guys in that secondary. Like Oregon State has some dudes in the back half. That is a very good secondary. Utah's is just as good. This could be... And you're down in Utah. They're honoring the two fallen players that they had last year. They got hand-painted helmets with their pitchers on them. Their hair is on fire, and their back's against the wall. They've already lost twice. This was supposed to be a special season for Utah. Number seven ranked team in the country. Lose a heartbreaker against Florida that they think they had. Gave the game away and and couldn't stop a nosebleed against UCLA. If you don't think this is going to be Utah's very best effort, you're fooling yourself. This is going to be a battle in uh, at Rice Eccles this week, and I know I know not everybody cares about this little detail, but Jordan Addison is is the reigning Bolitnikoff winner. He's yes. the best. Re- he's the best receiver in the country. Clark Phillips, the corner for Utah, is a first round pick. Yes. At, at corner, he is unbelievable. Should he go ask? There, should go ask Oregon State fan about that? Stop throwing the ball at him. He's he's unreal, and I don't I don't know why they kept doing it, but he's unreal, and he's been unreal before that yeah. game. That's not yeah. – I, for, I totally forgot about that, to be honest with you. He had, like, what, three picks in that game or something? But he's going to shadow Jordan Ad. Whoever wins that battle, like, in that matchup, there's going to be NFL scouts watching that. Whichever player comes out on top is literally going to make themselves millions of dollars because you don't see those matchups every Saturday where it's elite on elite. That's going to be elite on elite all game long, and if Clark Phillips shuts him down – He's going to be a top 10 NFL draft. That's how good he is. Yeah. I cannot wait for that matchup. And like you said, Utah can run on, on USC potentially. It's going to be a fascinating game. Um, but I also think it's almost the appetizer for next week because I think next week's game between Oregon and UCLA is going to be not just in the conference, but in the national, in, in player of the year type discussions, has a chance to be a kingmaker. Well, if DTR goes into Otson, and beats the Ducks and has a big has a big game. Are we not talking about DTR as a, a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate? No one's running away with the, with the exception of C.J. Stroud and Ohio State appears to be rolling. 
Bryce Young isn't having the year that we thought he was going to have. Uh, you got the running back out of Michigan having a nice year, but I don't know if on a national basis he's sweeping the country. You know, Alabama doesn't have an offensive player right now that's lighting the world on fire. I think this thing is absolutely up for grabs, and UCLA's finally getting some some run here. If he goes into to, to Oregon and has a three or four touchdown performance, I think he could absolutely put himself into that. How about the other quarterback? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I if, mean, Bo Nix has thrown for 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, three picks. He's run for 330 yards and eight touchdowns. So that's 20 to three touchdown a, a touchdown turnover ratio. Yeah. I, well, if, I mean, if if Oregon beats UCLA, UCLA. and I'm not saying Bo Nix would win the Heisman, he wouldn't. Yeah. But if you're trying to draw a roadmap for Bo Nix as a finalist and he's at the Heisman ceremony, mm-hmm. if he has a four touchdown day and runs for 60 yards and a score and does one of his little goal line fall ahead things and has 250 yards and two touchdown passes and they beat UCLA and Oregon wins the Pac 12, is he not? running third, fourth, fifth in a Heisman race? It's I honestly think he is. If he was at Auburn, I think he would. Oh, I think he is at Oregon. Uh, yeah, I think I, Oregon's I, I'm just I'm kind of doing the the whole, you know, slight. We have that West Coast slide thing. Like, you know, the fact that that Mariota was able to get his, you know, unreal. it's 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 good that he finally kind of tipped that over cuz outside of USC when, you know, no one has a problem handing it to USC, but it's like the Toby Gerhard thing. I was just going to say. Right? He and, ran for something like 800 more yards and 10 more touchdowns. Was it Trent Richardson, right? They got it, it was either year. Trent Richardson or Mark or Ingram. Ingram. It was one, one of, of the two, two Bama backs. But you look at that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Luck was the runner-up two years in a row. And Garrett, so I think three years in a row, they had the Heisman Trophy winner runner-up. And should have won at least two of those. I just think it's hard for people on the West Coast to, to get a little love. But you're right. I mean, Bo Nix... Going back to that week one, it's it's so funny because you, you, we talked about that last segment. Like, perception. The, UCLA is is UCLA 10th? Are they t- is this a 10-11 matchup? Isn't it 11-12? Is it 11-12? That's I, where, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, UCLA is 11, Oregon is 12, right? There's some top 10 matchups this week that, that play each other that some teams are going to yeah, fall. We're looking at 7-8 yeah. from now. 7-8, maybe 8-10, you know, something like that. It's going to be a top 10 matchup when these two teams play each other. Um, and, and we pointed out that UCLA hadn't played anyone at the, the, in the, the start of the year. They had one of the worst non-conference schedules known to man. It was embarrassing. And they damn near lost to freaking South Alabama. It was what, Bowling Green, South Alabama, and Alabama State. Apparently, they really liked they really Al- like Alabama. Yeah, except, we, they, they're, well, their fan yeah, base said, yeah, we, we want Bama. And, and they, they said, okay, Alabama State and Alabama A&M. Imagine if, for all the crap that Bo Nix got after that Georgia game, and I get it, he wasn't very good, threw some bad picks. Imagine if if Oregon and Bo Nix had played South Alabama and Bo had played the way he's played over the last five weeks, I think we'd be having a, a different conversation about it. Because he really has. He's been good. And I, I, I felt bad for the kid after that Georgia game. It was the same way with uh, with, with Nolan after the USC game. I just I feel bad for guys that get such shame from an entire fan base. Well, we would have won if it wasn't for you, or oh, it's the same old Bo Nix. And you kind of gave Lanning credit for for obviously stabilizing that Oregon program for not going in the tank after that. But really, I mean, whether it's Dillingham or it's Lanning, whoever was able to calm him down, because for a kid that that had a little bit of a rocky go at Auburn, I could see that Georgia game absolutely taking that kid into the tank. Because he got some flack at Auburn. Remember, he was like a legacy kid. Dad played there, started as a freshman, beat Oregon, I think, in his first or second start. 
and it was like the legend of Bo Nix. They said a, that, and then he's a bum. Yeah, yeah, it, and then it, it, and then oh, lit. the only reason he left Auburn is because he wasn't going to win the job anyways. And you know, it was kind of a an ugly divorce down there. So you come into Oregon, you win the job, and Duck fan isn't happy about it. No Oregon fan wanted him to win the job. They wanted Ty Thompson. They've been like, oh well, it was like it was more along the lines of. Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield lost the job as opposed to Bo Nix. Most Oregon fans thought the only reason Nix was starting is because the other two kids weren't very good. And then he goes out and has that as a first game at Georgia. That's a lot for a kid to handle. And he's and and I thought he handled it with with all the grace in the world, and he's come out and given everyone else a big middle finger because the kid has been absolutely lights out ever since. And I think maybe he's able to say the same thing about DTR. <laughs> like, well, he's been there for 17 years. Yeah, it's, it's different. But DTR. But a similar trajectory. Well, DTR came out with a ton of hype, right? He was the future oh, of that I program. Remember his whole recruitment, yeah. It was huge. Anyone think he was pretty good for his first couple years? No, he wasn't. And people down there were like, why is he still playing? And oh, my God. And DTR, I was doubting him this year. People were saying, well, UCLA could be a team. And I was like, yeah, well, they got DTR again. And eh. There's I've, a ceiling there. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I've seen this before. I mean, it was another one of those kids that we see it all the time in college football. They come out with a ton of hype, and it feels like they they keep trying to shove it down our throats, and it never really lives up to the billing, right? Like, they, college football tries to create these these stars, but it never quite lives up to it. And I kind of felt that was DTR. And for Knicks and DTR, you've got a chance now on a national stage next week to finally kind of tell all your doubters to, you know, to go blank themselves, and, and one of those guys is probably going to launch himself into that national conversation. It's going to be a big, big week uh, down at uh, Autzen. Uh, by the way, Toby Gerhardt, runner-up to Mark Ingram in 2009, and then Andrew Luck, runner-up the next two years to Cam Newton and RG3. It's hard to get people to pay attention out here on the West, especially if you're not an undefeated team. And maybe that's one thing, too, that even if Bo has a great uh, run here, maybe that, uh, maybe that one loss keeps him, unless they end up in the college football playoff or something like that, and that could be a bit different. All right, we come back. We'll get to In the News. Primetime rolls on here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
is a football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. We're running a little late. It happens from time to time. Got a little Frank swing in there here on a beautiful Friday. That's actually Dean Martin. Oh, is this Dean? It's Dino. Yeah. It sounds a little faint in my headphones. Yeah. I thought we had a little Frank. All right, I could take some Dean. Can't go wrong either way. No. Well... It kind of is in that same category, but I've always been a Frank guy. If I had to choose, yeah. give me some Frank. I mean, you always got to go old blue eyes. You know, nobody's going to turn away Dino. There's something great about when you walk into a restaurant and they're playing Sinatra, they're playing Dean, they're playing anything from the Rat Pack. It That's just, when you know you got a good Italian joint. Yeah, it just sets a good mood. I was like, I'm a ringside guy. I was like going to the ringside because it's kind of got the dim lighting there. Got the fireplace going, there you go. and there's always something like this playing in the background. You hear the ice clinking, uh, clinking on the uh, whiskey on the rocks. Exactly. You know you got something good happening, and we got something good happening right now because it is October 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022, and that means it is time for In the News. I am your noted news contributor, sitting in for your noted newsman, Isaac Ropp, who is in... Uh, the all-American city of Salina, Kansas. It is National Real Sugar Day. I like that we've gone back to that. That uh, they, like people are now promoting that we, yeah, we have a lot of sugar, but it's natural sugar, not corn syrup. Not bring, corn syrup. Bring the Mexican Coke back north of the border. <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait what? Huh? Coca-Cola. Russ, take it easy, Rust. <laughs> I don't think you're. I don't think you're allowed to do that, Rust. Speaking of natural sugar, how about some booger sugar, Mexican Coke? Bring it back. I call that. Yay, a, many I call that a dusty era. It is National Dessert Day. Favorite dessert? I'm a Bananas Fosters man myself. If you do a good Bananas Foster, either that or uh, I know a lot of people think it's a bastard one. I'm a carrot cake guy. Ugh. A good Bananas Foster or a good piece of carrot cake with a little cream cheese frost on it. I'm going that as my favorite dessert. Dude, if I show up to a birthday party and they bust out the carrot cake, that's somebody I know I'm not going to be friends with for too much longer. See, the car- why does the carrot cake get such a bad rap? It's, it's, you have so many other good, way better options. It's moist. It's delicious. So is I... chocolate cake. Oh. So is a, so a white cake. So is a yellow cake. Confetti cake. What's Red the, Velvet. What's the place that does chicken and waffles that everybody goes to? They have a great brunch. It's right by Central Catholic High School. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, Text on. program, where are you at? They're, they'll land it. What do they got? Sure. They have a banoffee pie. And I'm not a big bananas guy. A banoffee? It's banana toffee. Oh. And I'll tell you what. I do not even like bananas. The banoffee pie at that place is screen door. Is the oh, name of it. Yeah, oh screen door gosh, kitchen. Couldn't yeah, do. whatever. Their banoffee pie is, honest to goodness, one of the best desserts I've ever had in my life. And I don't like banana. And it's still out of this world. I just love desserts of all kinds. I feel like I touched a nerve there with Jeff Rust. Like, we're not going to be friends over <laughs> my like carrot cake. It's like of all the things you could pick, you go carrot cake? It is a weird choice. I love, like, but that's, like, I'm talking about carrot cake done well. Do you get a moist, delicious, spicy carrot cake? I'll put that up against cake. any cake, cake that you're going to run at me. And I'll, t- and I'll gladly Anytime take the other one. you're talking about dessert and you say a spicy anything, you're out. Papa Hyden's has great desserts. Yeah, they got a great carrot cake, too. No. They got a good baked and Alaska. They got a great just, carrot cake. I was literally going to bring this up. If you go to a place like Papa Hyden's and you choose, and they're, they're great, yeah. and you choose their carrot cake, you deserve to get kicked squaw in the knots. And yet when I order it, people are always like, great choice, not enough people order it. Yeah, because 
Yeah, because they're smart and they're trying to get rid of it. They're you know what? Snobs. We'll give you two pieces Bunch because no one wants this spicy, crisp cake. Bunch yeah. of snobs. And yes, as long as no raisins. Yeah, I don't no, like. Oh yeah. See, now you're already having no? to because people don't even know what to do with carrot cake. This is crap. What should we do? Throw raisins in it. That's how you know it's not a good dessert. People do the same thing with cinnamon rolls. And if you put freaking raisins in your cinnamon rolls, oh. Now, typically, I would be right there behind you. There is one exception that I've noticed, and that is at Camp 18. That cinnamon roll is the size of a hubcap, and that is the one where I will allow raisins. And it has raisins in it? Yes. No. Sorry. Can't happen. Yeah, I can't say that I'm a... I don't... Raisins... I don't know if I've ever had a raisin in a cinnamon roll. They're, oh, they're in there. That's a... Sometimes. Yeah. I don't, it's a mistake. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. Although, if I had a, a cinnamon roll for it, I don't find cinnamon roll to be a dessert. A dessert. That's a mid-mall snack. I was just talking about yeah, raisins, just in, raisins in, general. in general. I love cinnamon rolls so much. For real. This is an actual Nimic rule, household yeah. rule. We have, we order them, and we get Cinnabon cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning yeah. every year. It's a tradition. Nothing wrong with no that. No one in the family is allowed to have Cinnabon any other time because... It's addicting. And if it's in my house, yeah, I'm going to eat it. Go. And it's like a 1,000 calories. Yeah. So I get it. I do the extra frosting. It's my Christmas morning treat. And I never, ever allow... If someone sends one to the studio, I will throw it away. Because if I taste that... And I'll be right there I'll to catch it. fiending <laughs> like rust fiends for Mexican Coke. It is also today, it is National Be Bald and Free Day. It is me and, and not Rust. Me. We embrace it. <laughs> Versus your bastard hippie Jesus hair. <laughs> we're, we're bald and we're free. We're loud and we're proud. We're out there. Me and Russ loving life as proud, sexy, bald men. Uh, it's just not true. Who's, no bald man wants to be bald. Who's the sexiest bald man? Probably The Rock. Right? Oh, I mean, bald. he's fantastic. And he's, he's bald. He's so it's he's, he's so, so roided, roided he's out, so roided out and I love that he's so nice and like everyone loves him but that people try to give him the benefit of the doubt. They're like, no way, the rocks on board. He's like fifty. He's like fifty and looks like a bumpy hot dog. He's the most roided out, but it doesn't matter because he's the rock and people love him. But yeah, when you're bald, you can be the rock. No one wants to be bald. For a long time, was MJ the hero of the bald? MJ was the hero of the bald. Okay. He made it okay to be bald. And Charlie Savalas. <laughs> Who's lo- who loves you, baby? Yeah, MJ was uh he was kind of the he was the pioneer of the ball. He was he made it he made it acceptable. So uh I thought this was uh fantastic news, and this came to us from the Willamette Week. Uh, apparently it has been leaked. The mayor, old Teddy Teargas, is planning to within the coming weeks, he is planning to ban across the entire city of ours, this fair city, unsanctioned camping. Finally, they are going to ban it and do something about it, and they are going to build several 500 uh, people capacity homeless campuses. So this is their plan: is they're they're finally going to try to do something about this. They're saying you're no longer going to get to camp wherever the hell you want. They're going to clean this up, and basically they're saying you can either go here or you're not going to be allowed to keep doing this. And finally, finally, for the love of God. We've got something sensible coming out of the mayor's office. There are exits along 205 and 84 where there's like entire tent villages yes. just off the floor. Yes. That shouldn't happen. And no. I and I and I know we need a we place. need mental we need more mental health awareness. We need to invest in that. I understand it. But the homeless problem in Portland is so far out of control that the fact that this is just now happening is embarrassing. Our city has declined 
so rapidly for a number of reasons. But this is one of the bigger ones. That the city's just dirty. Yes. It's just dirty. So, well, they're, and they're saying this would be a major policy shift because since 2016, when basically um, we, we got rid of the, the policy that allowed, that, that started allowing people to sleep on sidewalks, uh, really, again, it's, it's, it got sanctioned in 2016. So we're now going on eight years where we have basically told people, you can sleep, you can stay wherever the Come hell you on want. in. Yeah. And now it's 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 beyond out of control so this would be the first major shift in policy policy since 2016 so Willamette Week confirmed that this is coming now they haven't actually figured out when this plan is going to come in or or where the funding is but they are working on this and they're going to say that they're going to build uh, multiple campuses each one so right now they're starting with three and each campus is going to have 500 people allotted to it and then each campus will be divided into four camps with 125 person capacity and then the city intends to fill um one of each of those 125 person camps in each of the three campuses to start and then expand from there so what you're saying is they found a lesser version of bum voyage yes instead of taking it to the seas they're going to build these campuses. And I know the problem is is constantly, anytime we try to do this, people freak out and say, well, I'm glad you're putting them somewhere, but don't put them in my neighborhood. We have to figure out something to do. Because I get it. It's, you're not trying to be inhumane. You're not trying to be like, well, screw you guys. You, you know, we don't want to deal with you. I just think this is honestly the, the first positive step. Just hearing that this is something in the works, the first positive step we've had to combat this problem that we've had in the city for a number of years and i think that we can all agree is just it's the biggest issue we're facing right now the biggest issue we're facing right now in the city of portland is just that and it keeps people from wanting to be downtown it keeps people from wanting to go shopping it's shutting down businesses and we have to do something about it and i'm just grateful at least it sounds from this report that the city is finally taking this seriously and saying you no longer can just set up camp on sidewalks and wherever the hell you want out in front of businesses there's a business right here. It's a like chef's world. I feel terrible for them because in the back and on the side of their building, there is an entire encampment. So if you're working at that store, what the hell are you That's supposed to? That's your day to day. It's just ridiculous. So uh, if this is true and this ends up getting rolled out, I'm very critical of local government uh, because I don't think they do a very good job. But if this is something that they're actually working on implementing, then I'll tip my cap and say bravo for finally doing something about it. Or we come back in the news rolls on primetime here on the fan. This is a football Friday edition of primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome in on a Friday. Hot 5 at 5 coming up. We'll set your uh, football schedule for the weekend. And then Joey Harrington at 5.30. We're talking uh, in the news. We mentioned that Willamette Week had the report that uh, the mayor is set to put out a, uh, a sweeping new ban on uh, public camping, basically, and his idea is to build these homeless camps. And, you know, people text him to the program, 503-250-1080. And I don't know if there's a more hot-button topic than the homeless. And someone's saying, is it really like a, is it really running rampant? Yes. In fact, uh, Oregon Live had this where they were doing, um, they do a survey, right, of, of people in of the like, Portland residents. And one of the questions they asked is, is the, the, the city on the, the right track? 
and more so than ever at an all-time high only 13 percent of portland voters said that the city was heading in the right direction 13 percent and guess what the number one thing that people were concerned about as far as the city heading in the right direction homeless and you can say all you want that there's other things and there's inflation and government and you know the president and all this and that and those are fine those are all issues but you know the idea that this isn't the thing that i think most people are facing in the city I mean, someone said right here, a friend was attacked by a skateboard by a homeless guy for no reason. Nobody I know goes down there anymore. I live over in Vancouver, and I spend most of my free time in Portland. Like, me and my lady spend most of the time we go out. It is in Portland. I work in Portland. You know how hard it is to get me to convince people from Vancouver to come over to Portland with me? I'd be like, hey, man, you want to go down? We're, we're going to hit a bar. We're going to watch a game or whatever. And they're like, I'm not going over there. You know, and whether you think that's a reality or not, the perception of that still doesn't help the bar owner that the guy doesn't want to go to. You know, when people are moving out, people don't want to be in the city. They're moving out to the suburbs. So, yeah, this is the biggest problem that we're facing. I mean, that that survey, I mean, it's just kind of scary to think 13%. And I know that that's just people's opinion, but opinions can become reality on what you're dealing with when you're talking about a city. So, you know... Is this the ultimate solution to it? I don't know if, if, if it is. I don't know if there's any perfect solution to it, but at least they're trying something. Because that's what I'd ask over the last several years. What have we tried to do to deal with this? Besides put our head in the sand and be like, eh, hopefully it gets better. So I'm just glad that they're doing something about it. Speak. I, I feel like it. I just, you can't have been in Portland and not seen the, like for someone to ask, you know, hey, is it really that big an issue? It, and I'm not criticizing that person because people ask that don't go to the city. I don't go to the city anymore. Here, it's bad. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, yeah I've been. Yeah. I have to come down all the time. Yes, it's that bad. We went. We had a retreat for um, our company, and a homeless guy tried to grab one of the girls that we were down at the bars with and said, "I'm going to effing uh, rape that girl," and tried to grab her. And we had to like it turned into a physical altercation. It was this big thing, and people have stories like that and they're not that rare a lot of people have those kind of sure. stories and, and it doesn't Something needs to happen and it's not those people's fault necessarily always sometimes there's mental illness or whatever but it's still the reality of the, of the city and it yeah. needs to get changed well again i just go back to even because i i spend a lot of time down here and none of that's ever happened to me and a lot of people be like well look at you well, i i understand that i'm just saying you can go downtown and have a good time and and most of the time you're going to get away you know just fine you're not you know it's not like you're going down here and Every time you go down here, something bad's happening to you. But the idea and the threat, this is why I said perception is reality. And when that poll comes out, it says 13% of the people feel like we're on the right track. And I was kind of reading through that. It was like 67% of people said they don't feel comfortable going out at night to certain parts of the city. And I think that's probably true of most metropolitan areas. But you've got almost 70% of residents being like, hmm, don't really feel like I want to be out wandering around. 6.30 p.m.? Nope, thanks. I'm done. That's a huge problem. And whether you think that's there in their head or not, that's perception. And perception becomes reality. Because when you don't got people going into the city, when you don't have people going out to bars, when you don't have people going to hotels, that shuts down businesses and the city doesn't work. There was the list we talked about just a couple weeks ago that of, I think it was of 48 major cities, we were second to last in cities that have recovered from the pandemic. I mean, we've put the pandemic behind us a little bit, uh, hopefully a lot, but I think one of the things keeping us from coming back is that issue. So, you know, to that person who said, is it really the a, a rampant issue? Yeah, it is. Uh, speaking of rampant issue, be uh, be careful driving around. Uh, the president's in town. 
Yankees landing tonight at 6.30. So if you're driving around Portland uh, today or tomorrow, be prepared. You might run into a bit of traffic because obviously they have to shut down some roads and bridges. They're not saying where he's staying, although there are some uh, there's some fences going up around uh, one of the hotels over there off of like 6th and Taylor. So a lot of people may be saying it's pointing to that direction because why would you be erecting barriers outside of a hotel when the president's coming if the president wasn't indeed staying there? So yeah, Biden's in town. I don't really know what they said. He's just like kind of coming to talk to people about maybe the infrastructure deal that he's signing and he doesn't come up here very much but kind of one of the the downsides of it is you do have to deal with the motorcade and all kinds of that stuff yeah, i might not get home till late we'll see yeah. hopefully you know cross your fingers but he he does land at 6 30 tonight and he'll leave tomorrow morning so just be aware if you're planning on going somewhere around the city might want to use GPS over, uh, you know, tonight and tomorrow to find out if there are going to be closures because it might not just be delays. They are going to have to shut down certain roads that he's on. So just be aware of that. It's going to be a very nice weekend. Near high record temperatures could be 84, 85 degrees tomorrow. You don't want to be stuck sitting on a road somewhere where you're not going anywhere for quite some time. So in the last two segments, your take where the city's great to be at. You'll have a lot of fun. It's not the president's fault, but also don't go out tonight because the president's here and it's the president's exactly. fault. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Obama. All right, we'll get to the just, hot. Just checking. We'll get to the hot five and five uh, when we come back. Joe Harrington coming up at 530 right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 